Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. I'm Jeff Rubenstein. Thank you for spending your time with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We are in the home stretch of the NHL regular season, and Bet Online is offering you the chance to win some money while you watch. Because Bet Online has lines, spreads, and props on every single game this season, so you never have to worry about missing out on the action. But whether it's the NHL, international hockey, or any other sport, Bet Online has you covered. So head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week, we'll be joined by the host of Believe in New York Rangers, Johnny Lazarus, to get his take on the college hockey season and the hockey world itself. But first, before we go any further, I know this guy hates his birthday, but since it's not that day anymore, I can finally say happy birthday to Jess without fear of ruining his day. So happy birthday, big fella. Thank you, Luke. You know, it was a pretty good birthday. Well, somewhat. The Rangers gutted me. The Mets gave me a heart attack. Well, I wrote on Twitter yesterday that uh, the Mets will age me, take years off my lifespan, and the Rangers just simply flat out just ended it. <laughs> Considering that last year at this time I was in the hospital, there was some real concerns about my health. I am very grateful to be here today. I'm very grateful to be spending the time with you, Luke. I mean, this has been a crazy year, but I'm glad I got to share it with you. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Let's talk hockey. All right, let's get right to it. We've got a big story before we get to talk to Johnny, and that is the seeding of the 2021 IIHF U18 playoffs has been decided. After four round-robin games played by all 10 teams, Latvia of Group A and Germany of Group B went winless in the preliminary round, so they have both been eliminated that leaves us with eight teams left, and here are the matchups for the quarterfinals, which begin tomorrow, May 3rd. Russia will play Belarus, Canada will play the Czech Republic, Finland will play Switzerland, and Sweden will play the United States. So, Jess, I want to ask you about the tournament and your thoughts on it and who you think is going to win, but before I do any of that, how important is it that this tournament is actually going down right now, with so many different things being canceled over the last year? I think more than anything else, this is going to help a lot of these kids establish themselves for their drafts year. Some will be reaching their draft year this year. Most of them will be next year in the beyond. I think with COVID and stuff, it's a big, big boost to a lot of these kids who might not be playing the highest level of division in their country. But I mean, you're going to get introduced to some guys. Was it Matavi Mikov of Russia? Nine goals in four games. Wow. That kid's got some game. The Finns have got players. I mean, we're getting to see guys that we normally would never have seen ultimately maybe next year. And if you get a chance, semifinals are on the NHL Network. Please watch them. Not only are there some very good Americans and Canadians, but the world has sent some really good players. It's a crime if you don't get to watch them. Yeah, Jess, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I think if you filtered every tweet about this tournament so far, I think two-thirds of them would include the phrase draft stock. They have so many different eyeballs on them throughout the world that I think these names that we see right now are going to come back either in this upcoming draft or the draft afterwards. And you spoke a little bit about the quality of play already, but this tournament has really blown me away. 
Uh, totally. I mean, I followed the Canadian goalies and the United States goalies through the world under 20s, which we had back in January. So these kids that are playing now, I mean, I knew who Benjamin Goddard was for Canada, but I didn't know who Thomas Millick was. Really impressed by his play. He just totally showed how his poise and maturity way beyond his years. And I could see this kid as a future NHL starter. Carl Lindbrom for Sweden, I expected more of, but the Swedish kids, they don't make it until the next level where they're under 20s. And if you didn't get a chance to see Connor Bedard, who plays for Canada, the 15-year-old, the special kid, please make that opportunity during this upcoming week. He is an unbelievable talent. So is McTavish of Canada. He's wearing his father's legacy, but I think he's going to be twice the player his father ever was. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we got the quarters tomorrow, the semifinals, and then the finals during the last week of the NHL. So if your team has been eliminated, go watch the under 18. Jess, we'll give our picks in a second here, but I know you're right there in dub country. Canada has been incredible this year. They're the number one seed in this upcoming playoffs. They've got a plus 28 goal differential. With the dub winding down their season, they probably only have a week left of competition. How important is it that guys like Dylan Gunther, who have very high draft stock in the dub, play well now in this playoff round? There's no playoffs. There's no Memorial Cup. Just about every team in the dub got hit hard by the under-18, whether it was the United States or Russia or whatever, all the best under-18 players aren't in the WHL lineups right now. They're down in Texas. It's sad that, uh, you know, this is the first time in my life that I'm not going to go to a WHL playoff game. I feel for these kids who only got to play 24 games this year. I just really hope that somehow next year things are to where we can go back to normal play a full season because some of these kids the NHL is going to miss out on. We're in the playoffs now of the IIHF tournament. Just who's your pick to be the winner of the whole thing? Really? You have to ask? (laughs) You know, actually, I shouldn't say that because so many times the Maple Leaf or whoever is the number one seed at the beginning of the medal round doesn't win it. I think the United States has probably the most impossible path, but at the same time, I would be really surprised if they didn't at least win against Sweden and maybe steal it in the semifinals and force their way to the finals. Canada has four lines. Canada's healthy scratches would be first-line players on a couple of these other countries. Yeah, Jess, you took it right out of my mouth when you said that the number one seed normally doesn't win it. Thinking on the same wavelength here, because in this past IHF tournament that we had last year, the men's tournament, Canada was the Goliath. No one was stopping Canada, and what do you know, they don't end up winning. I look at the top three teams in this playoff round, I really think all of them have a case to be the champion. You know, Canada earned their number one seed. I don't really need to go on much longer, but everyone on this team that you expect to produce is producing. Francesco Pinelli, Mason McTavish, Brant Clark, Shane Wright, Dylan Gunther. Connor Bedard is 15 years old. He's averaging a point per game so far. And not to mention the goalies that you brought up. Thomas Milich and Benjamin Gaudreau have each played two games. They both look great. And then you've got 
Russia, you said before, Medvedev, Michkov, and Nikita Chipikov are one and two in scoring so far in this tournament. Danilo Yurov has also been incredibly productive, and Sergei Ivanov, he's been something special so far in this tournament. But my pick, I gotta go dark horse here because what else am I doing if I'm not doing some crazy pick here? I'm going Finland on this one. Even though he's let a couple in so far in this tournament, nobody has stopped more pucks than Aku Kaskensvo. They've got Samu Tuomala, Vili Koivunen, Brad Lambert. There's so much talent on this Finland team. So I think Russia meets Canada. They're going to dog it out for a win. I think Finland gets their win back against the United States after they beat Sweden. And then I think that first game can go either way. But if I have to make my bracket one more time, I think we see Finland over Canada for a championship this year. The best thing about this is somehow this tournament wound up with such really good matchup. Little Belarus is you can't get up for this game, you're not going to be able to get up. I mean, you're talking U.S.-Canada, Eastern European style. Canada versus the Czechs. The Czechs are running into hard times. I just don't even think they have a chance. Russia-Canada in the semis, one side. Finland-Switzerland. You know, don't count the Swiss out. They always have that little ace in the hole that they pull out, and they always do it at the expense of Finland. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Switzerland in an upset. U.S., Sweden, U.S., they better show up to play from the beginning or Sweden's going to massacre them. But if U.S. shows up to play, it's U.S., Switzerland, and then Russia, Canada. Canada will beat them, and we're going to have a USA-Canada final in Texas, which ought to be the most entertaining under-18 final of all time being played in front of all those Cowboys. Coming up next, we'll be talking with Johnny Lazarus of Believe in New York Rangers. But before we get to that, we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's episode, Canaan Sunglasses. Summer's coming up, and I know how important a good pair of sunglasses are. But so many different pairs out there either scratch, break, or cost way too much. And how lucky am I that Canaan only makes their product with polarized lenses. That means that they're clearer, lighter, and stronger. So right now, you can use the exclusive code CANANCAST15 at Canaan.com to receive 15% off on your first purchase. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canaan, clearly better. Jess, we have a great guest with us today. Joining us now former UMass Minuteman and Mercyhurst Laker. He's part of the team at Everything College Hockey, and he's the host of Believe in New York Rangers streaming on the Believe Network now. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Lazarus. Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Johnny, it's awesome having you here, but, you know, this is your first year as a college graduate, not out there on the ice playing hockey. What's it like watching the game now as a former player? Honestly, it's not a lot of people ask me, so it is interesting. I mean, I do feel like a fan again, in a sense, but also it's been tough because I know so many guys that are playing, and it's like almost weird, in a sense, to watch my friends like tear up the NHL. It's it's so bizarre to me, but it's fun to watch them and support them, and like you know, text my friends. Let's say if I bet on one of their teams one night and they you know miss the empty net or whatever, you know, I'll they've demoed me ten bucks for that. <laughs> no, it's it's been a lot of fun to also just take that pressure off of actually performing and just enjoy the game of hockey. Like, I love playing men's league and, you know, talking about all the guys that are doing well in the NHL and just really being able to enjoy it without all that pressure of, of playing and performing. Let's talk about the guys that you do know. Any of the guys that surprised you at how well they've adapted to the NHL, even more than what you might have thought? I mean, I got—I don't want to say a surprise, but, you know, a good friend, Adam Fox, obviously has had an incredible season. And I think, you know, two years ago when he first got traded to the Rangers, a lot of people were talking about if he was going to make the roster or not. 
And, you know, you look two years later and he's talking about for the Norris trophy is kind of ridiculous. I mean, anyone who watched him play at every single level knew he was going to succeed at some point, but the speed at how fast he's done it is, you know, not surprising, but very impressive. But, you know, we, we all knew he would get his points in the power play and get some assists, but his ability to play defense now and like actually shut down Sidney Crosby and shut down these big name guys has been super impressive. So Adam's definitely one that sticks out. Considering everything that went on this past year with COVID and just teams opting out, as someone who's participated, how would you compare this past college hockey season to the ones that you've played in? I don't know if you can really compare. I wasn't in a college locker room this year, so I don't know what those guys really went through. For me, my story with COVID was we kind of got lucky. I mean, my college career ended, we lost in the first round. So I actually like played my last game knowing it was my last game. Whereas like the guys who were going to the tournament and guys whose seasons hadn't ended yet got that kind of taken away from them. And then you look at teams like St. Lawrence who had that emotional victory in the ECAC and they win the tournament, get a bid. And then the next day their coach tests positive and they can't play. And then Michigan, you know, you're in the tournament one kid test positive. The amount of ups and downs that must have happened in so many programs this year, I couldn't even imagine being a part of. Like, there's nothing worse than being told you can't play. Like, I, I can't, I just can't imagine a worse feeling. You still played during a time where college hockey was on the rise. So how does it feel to know that college hockey seems to be on the upswing for a change instead of everybody criticizing everything it does? Oh, it's so sick. It's so awesome. Like, I'm, I'm so proud to like be able to say that I've played Division One hockey and now seeing, like I said, so many guys in the NHL that are succeeding and to say that I played with or against them, I'm very proud of it. And I think it's only going to get much better, like especially this year, I think the OHL, I don't know about the other Canadian leagues not playing, but all eyes were on college hockey this year as far as scouts go. So I think depending on how the draft works this year, I don't know if that many OHL guys are going to be taken simply because no one got to watch them this year. So I think all eyes were on college hockey and they did a great job for what it was, you know, with the COVID season. I can tell you, it was a very frustrating year. I mean, like you said, no OHL games, 24 games in hubs in the W. I mean, the BCHL, which is the major junior, they're just barely getting back on. And a lot of teams and the other major junior teams are individually just falling apart. Personally, I've been doing the scouting and reporting for we won't say for how long but <laughs> i really think the nhl is doing a disservice forcing a draft in july i really believe that they should postpone it if you're really that desperate let's have a first and second round in say september i don't see what's wrong with holding a draft in next december after everybody's gotten to play again hopefully gotten to play again there are a lot of these junior kids and there are some college kids who just didn't get that chance to show what they can do. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And honestly, you got to think about last season too, the amount of kids who, you know, usually get signed to NHL contracts when the playoffs and like all the uh, end of the season things kind of happen, like college, the OHL, all those leagues last year weren't able to play playoffs. So a lot of kids did miss out on signing contracts in that time as well. So I think, you know, this year we're going to kind of see the same thing. And there's no playoffs for the AHL either. A lot of these Junior kids would be jumping on ATOs right now. They're SOL, and teams, especially with the lost revenues, are going to be really hesitant to spend the eyes-closed money. It's actually, it's interesting that you brought up the draft thing, too. I was, I think, a little less than a year, maybe more than a year ago, I guess, since COVID. But um, I played for Pat LaFontaine's brother, John, and I actually ran into Pat on the train one day in New York. And I just like sat with him, talked to him. He was like literally coming from an NHL meeting, whatever. And he was talking to me about how he pitched that the NHL draft age should be 19 now instead of 18. 
which allows for college hockey to get, you know, these elite 18 year old kids like a Jack Hughes to go play one year of college hockey instead of jumping right into the NHL. I thought it was a great idea. And I think it just helps the youth development of hockey grow so much if you do that, implement that. Now you're a fan of the game again. What do you think of the NHL signing with both ESPN and Turner? Do you think that helps the league or maybe they sold their soul? I actually talked about this on a, a recent podcast. I think it's amazing. I mean, for me personally, I grew up listening to Gary Thorne, Bill Clement, Steve Levy, and I love guys like Kenny Albert, Doc Emmerich, you know, all the guys who did NBC. I hope some of them transfer over to ESPN and TNT. And I know Colby Cohen, Barry Melrose, and Pucci Gross would do a great job if they're with ESPN. But, you know, you walk into a sports bar, ESPN's on every TV. They're not showing NBC Sports always, and they're not showing Versus. And I think that's the worst thing that happened to the NHL was, you know, not being televised on those channels. Because how many times have you walked into a bar and asked to turn on the hockey game? <laughs> Seriously. Too many. You know, almost every time you walk and sit at a bar, they're not playing hockey games. And I think with it being on ESPN and TNT, those channels are always the ones that are playing in the bar. So I think automatically it just gains popularity from that sense. You know, I, I think it's great. I, I, I honestly, I'm so happy about it. They better find a, a funny crew of four people that can do what the NBA and TNT did because I love those guys. I'm a huge NBA fan also. I'm a big Nick fan. Right now, we're talking with Johnny Lazarus of the Believe in New York Rangers podcast streaming on the Believe Network. But we want to take a second to thank one of the sponsors of today's episode, Just Live. Whether it's work, school, or everyday life, it's so easy to feel stressed or lose sleep. And that's why Just Live released their new line of CBD gummies that have six different flavors and functions. They're vegan and sugar-free, and they're great if you need support in any area of your life. Just Live was founded by world-class athletes like Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez. So you don't just have to take my word for it. And right now, you can buy one, get one free of the new gummies line with the code SUPPORT at JustLive.com. That's buy one, get one free at JustLive.com. Use code SUPPORT. You actually have a really unique perspective that I want to ask you about because you played two years at UMass, but you also played two years at Mercyhurst. This year, I think we've probably seen about 80 or 85 transfers already just because of the new rule where you don't have to sit out the year. As someone who went through the process, what's kind of going through your head when you're thinking about transferring? And how much do all of these kids changing programs really change college hockey from what it was last year into what it's going to be next year? I mean, now it's just free agency. Man, that year of sitting out was toughest year of my life. Like, I don't want to, like, speak to anyone else and their experience. Like, some guys I know love the transfer year because they get to party more or whatever they want to do. But... As a hockey player, I know a lot of people can probably relate to this. You kind of identify yourself as a player, and that's all you look forward to on weekends is playing games. So when you go to practice every day and you know you can't play and you're just sitting in a suit in the stands every weekend, like it gets to you emotionally. You know, the way I went about it, I transferred at Christmas because I didn't want to sit the second half at UMass and then sit an entire calendar season. I was like, you know what? I want to sit the little amount as possible. I want to be able to play like halfway through the following year. What kids are doing now is not necessarily like selfish. Like when you commit to a school, you commit to them, you know, like you should be there for four years and the school commits to you also. They should do everything they can in their power to find a spot for you in the lineup and play you. But it's not the easiest job for college coaches. Also, I'm like happy that the guys don't have to sit out a year anymore because I know what I went through and I know how much I hated it and kind of lost my love for hockey in that year, to be honest. But they're doing a great job with allowing kids to play right away, but I'm curious to see how it plays out because there are some kids who just have huge egos where if they get scratched like three games in a row, I'm out of here. Let's talk about your career for a second. What would you say is your favorite highlight of your career? Definitely playing at Fenway Park. I mean, that was the sickest thing of all time. And the timing that we played there, we played against BU 
like three days after the U.S. team won the World Juniors with like McAvoy, Keller, Greenway. I don't know if I'm missing a name, but all those guys had come back like literally two days before that game. And I remember lining up next to Jordan Greenway, I think. Jordan Greenway. He just like said to me, he's like, get me out of here. I'm so hungover. I was like, we're at Fenway Park. Like, (laughs) like, what are you talking about? Like, I want to stay. I would play. I would play 10 overtimes if we could. Like, It was the sickest thing. But just being able to walk out of the dugout and like experience Fenway Park was, you know, something you can't beat. My friends were sitting on the Green Monster. I heard them screaming the whole game. Like, it was a really cool experience for me. We can't have you on here and not talk about your new show. You just started believing in the New York Rangers. You posted two great episodes so far. You've already had Brian Mullen and the greatest broadcaster on the planet today, Kenny Albert. Tell us about your show, what you got coming up, and uh, what you have planned. I mean, I was very fortunate enough to be offered the host role for the Ranger podcast. You know, something obviously I felt like I fit the perfect role for and something that clicked with me. I'm not I'm not a very statistic person. I don't care if the Rangers lost 54% of faceoffs last night's game or whatever. Like, I'm not going to talk about that on the podcast. I care more about... The storytelling, like that's what I love in podcasting and that's what I love about hockey. Like, you know, if I could go get dressed in the locker room and not have to play, I would be so happy because I don't want to be tired. But so that's like what I plan on doing. But I also plan on like touching the, you know, trending topics like Adam Fox for the Norris Trophy and Zach Jones debut and um, the Rangers playoff hopes are dead, like that stuff. But uh, I'm not going to dive deep into like statistics and analytics and stuff. Yeah, I'm not an analytics guy. So uh I'm all about the personality stuff. That's all I care about. When people are not listening to your show, where can the people at home find you? At Johnny Lazarus, at jlazzy 23 is my Twitter. Keep it simple, pretty much with the the usernames and stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm, I'm a huge Twitter guy, so I, I tweet probably like 25, 20, 30 times a day. So you find me there. That's all? That's a lot. I'm on Twitter way too much. It's my, it's my favorite thing. Jess has got you beat. Big really? Time. Oh, I love Twitter. Jess has got you beat. Johnny, thank you so much again for joining us. Johnny Lazarus here of Believe in NY Rangers, streaming everywhere you get your podcasts on the Believe Network. Loved having you on, man. Thank you again so much for joining us. We hope we can have you back on again soon. Yeah, thank you guys whenever you want. I appreciate it. You know what? We'll bring you back right after the draft. Say less. I'm in. We always bring the experts. I am the furthest thing from an expert, so. That's kind of why I would want to bring you back then, because I want I want to bring somebody who's got, you know, his heart on his sleeve, and I want to hear what he thinks. I, I think I can make a living on the freezing cold takes page. That's for sure. <laughs> cool. The future of the Ranger fandom is in good shape. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jess. Thank you. So that was Johnny Lazarus, host of Believe in NY Rangers, streaming on the Believe Network. Jess, what'd you think? You know, I really like him. You know, to get a player's perspective, I get to be the observer, and I do go into the locker rooms. So I see what happens to a lot of these guys when it is that final game. There are times where I wish I wasn't in the locker room because nobody ever wants to look at the guy who they know it's over. It's done. No more. There's no tomorrow. There's no coming back next season. This was it. For him to talk about that, that meant a lot. It also brings up, you know, some of the other things that we talked about. A lot of guys got hurt because they couldn't sign those ATOs, the amateur trial contracts that we would have normally seen after the league playoffs in the NC2A or playoff situations in the juniors. So a lot of players are going to be hurt there. I really think the NHL is making a giant mistake not having the draft postponed because how do you grade somebody on 24 games? That's insane. And what about the guys in the O? Brent Clark, I mean, poor kid got screwed. He should be a top three pick. You know, I can't see him pick just the top three because you don't know what he did this year. 
Absolutely awesome. I love having players on this show talk about their experience. And the fact that Johnny still knows so many guys playing in college and in the NHL is absolutely awesome perspective to have. He's had quite the career bouncing between a now national championship team, going all the way to Mercyhurst, a dog team that always fights super hard. Absolutely great guy. Love the show that he's putting on. Anyone who's a Ranger fan needs to go listen to Believe in New York Rangers. It's a phenomenal show. I think you're going to love it regardless. That's going to do it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Prospect Park for Jess, at Luke Legrano for myself. If you liked this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share this episode with your friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. And I'm Jess Riverstein. Please stay safe and enjoy your hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time. Take care.